0: hello and welcome to pff fantasy football podcast tight end edition i'm ian hart it's joining me as always the one the only dwayne the rock mcfarlane dwayne tight ends great day to be great how are you
1: oh man i am doing fantastic um it's about to rain here like it's been so damn hot in texas we finally got rain last week which was nice my grass is loving it so yeah i'm excited like hopefully i don't lose the connection here though but yeah tight ends like we've we've already done quarterbacks running backs receivers like we're going to wrap it up with uh you know a position we definitely don't want to ignore but if you do ignore it we're going to tell you how to
0: I'm going to be in Scottsdale this weekend, where it's supposed to be like over 100 every single day. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, in your neck of the country down there, Dwayne, coming to us from the good old Midwest, Nathan Yonke, resident PFF ranking expert. He's been with us the last three episodes, and here we are, Ray, talking tight ends. Tight ends, Nate. How are you?
2: I'm well. I feel like all preseason long, all I've been doing is saying, okay, well, I'm not drafting that tight end. Okay, not drafting that one after how they've been used, and now we get to talk about it.
0: And Nate, you have a public service announcement. Uh, One of your buddies actually had uh, quite the mishap. Would you like to let our listeners know just one small thing in case they don't already?
2: Uh, Sure. So my friend James, uh, he was doing an auction league where uh, he has keepers and he had Trey Lance last year because I told him to get Trey Lance. And he thought Trey Lance was still going to be the backup in San Francisco. So he was still going to keep him for another year, knowing that the following year he'd get him as the starter. And I'm like, no. You get in this year as a starter. You don't have to worry about keeping any other quarterbacks. You're good. So, James, if you're listening, pay more attention to what we're doing here (laughs) at (laughs) CFF.
0: Nathan literally has projected depth charts for every single team up on PFF.com. So you, 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 that listener right now will know that Trey Lance is in fact, the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback. So even if it only helped one of you out there, I'm glad we got to spend uh, 30 seconds making that crystal clear and come on, James, get your shit together, bro. So, all right. With all that said, tight end boys, Dwayne, I've been throwing this to you first, but what has been, I guess. Has your strategy changed at tight end depending on if you're at the early, mid, late draft position? We've talked about, you know, for Kelsey, Pitts, Andrews, there is kind of the right guys that can go off the board in order to draft them. Have you found yourself, you know, getting them more often based on, I guess, where you're kind of initially picking?
1: Yeah, so if you're picking from early position, you're you're obviously not taking a tight end with the first pick overall unless you're playing in like tight end premium times four, you know, <laughs> and then maybe take, you know, Travis Kelsey. But even in a one-and-a-half point per reception kind of setup, you're not taking one that early. So if you're in early position, which, you know, we call, you know, picks one through four, or I call picks one through four, um, if I'm taking a tight end, it's typically in round two when it gets back to me, if Mark Andrews is still on the board. Like, so I'm willing to do that. Like maybe I started with, you know, Christian McCaffrey, come back, get Mark Andrews, then grab a receiver, you know, in round three. Um, As far as from middle position, you could, you could do the same thing. You know um, you could draft a receiver or running back of your choice. If you wanted to take Mark Andrews in round two, in round two, you could. My preference though there, Ian, is to go ahead and pass tight end because a lot of times Saquon Barkley will fall to you, who has an every down roll. Uh, we could see Alvin Kamara fall back because of the legal situation. Like he's still technically going off the board in that range. I don't want to pass those running backs for a tight end. So what I'll usually do is I'll start, you know, running back, running back or receiver running back. And then Kyle Pitts becomes an option in round three. Um, if you're drafting from the end, you um, Usually Kyle Pitts can still be an option at the end of round three, so I'm very happy to jump on board with Pitts. But if you don't want to do that, um, going around the, the turn in round four, and you can also do this from middle, you know, position, really anywhere in round four. Like these guys, they it's weird. Like I was in a, um, I was with Edwin Porras you know, yesterday, and I did a best ball mania with him, and I was sitting there, and like uh, both Waller Waller and Kittle fell into round five right but a lot of times they go in round four so i'm very willing to grab one of those two um tight ends in round four waller or kittle i do think that like if i can i would like to have one of the tight ends that i just named like i would prefer that now we have strategies that we'll talk about in a minute like if you don't if that doesn't work out for you but just the way that all the tiers kind of set up and where the value is at other positions i think you you can definitely pull that off um kyle pitts is Honestly, like I'm in a love affair right now, you know, with Kyle Pitts. Um, so like I just like I'm to the point where I'm like, I can't, I can't stop. I can't stop drafting Kyle Pitts. Um, so round three, and especially man, like sometimes he still slides into early round two. I mean early round four in some of these drafts. Like if that happens, like I just I can't say no.
0: Just imagining Mrs. McFarlane like throwing a glass of water on Dwayne's face. <laughs> Who is Kyle Pitts? Who is this man? Nate, similar uh, sentiment in terms of, I guess, the like, are you willing to take these big five tight ends? You know, depending on exactly where they're falling, or is there one of them that just time and time again, you're like the price is too steep? Like this is your chance to tell all of us dra- that are drafting Travis Kelsey as a top fifteen player that we're completely full of shit.
2: Uh, yeah. So first off, I'll say I agree with Dwayne on a lot of this. Um, Mark Andrews at the end of the second round, typically only if everything goes how you expect it to. But if someone else falls. Not afraid to jump on them. And then I'm very consistently, when Kittle or Waller is available in that fourth round, I'll get them. But yeah, I'm not getting Travis Kelsey with the top 15 pick. Um, so the end of last year, we started to see the Chiefs decrease his playing time a little bit over time. We've also seen basically all of the metrics that you would look at. PFF grade, yards per run, any other efficiency metric. though, were the lowest that they've been in the last couple of years for him. And Kelsey is getting fairly old for a tight end, which the tight ends right now are doing unprecedented things to begin with. And other players at other positions are playing longer, so it's hard to know exactly when Kelsey will stop playing as well. But we started to see that decrease in playing time, and it carried on into the preseason. They were rotating him in and out, which is something that they had not done in previous years. The previous years, whenever Mahomes was on the field, Kelsey was also basically on the field, and that correlation was there from the preseason to the regular season every other year. So I think they will be continuing to rotate him out more, which um, if you're getting a tight end in round one, you want him to be really, really special, which is what Kelsey has been. But if you're just chipping away at that a little bit and a little bit more, it's harder for me when Kittle is there in round four, when Pitts is there in round three, when you're still getting someone like Stephon Diggs at the end of round one or one of these top 10 running backs. So That's a big thing with me for Kelsey. On the other hand, they were using him more in the slot last year than any other year. So if they keep on doing that, then Kelsey can still be good at that spot. But basically all these wide receivers they've been adding are slot receivers. So I could see that being a problem for Kelsey as well.
0: PFF rankings. Kevin Cole is the highest on Travis Kelsey, ninth player on his board. Dwayne and I in lockstep, 14th player overall. Nathan, 30th ranked player my goodness was it it something kelsey said as well nathan
2: like look i I hear you
0: 30th man my goodness
2: no the guy's a future hall of famer i'm perfectly happy with kelsey as a player it's just we're reaching that point where if they want to prolong his career they're going to use him less and less often
0: it is one of those things where obviously, you know, we see the same thing with these running back committees, very smart real life move, but uh, you know, fantasy football managers around the globe, just going to be absolutely cursing them out. If a lot of that does come to fruition. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good point. We'll see exactly how it plays out. But I I will say, you know, more and more as I've been doing these drafts, I haven't found myself getting a ton of Kelsey because everything needs to kind of fall right in order for me to feel comfortable getting him. The 13 players I would be taking ahead of Kelsey in the majority of drafts, McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Henry, Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, and Alvin Kamara. And as I look at it, I would probably take Saquon Barkley ahead of him as well. So maybe 15th overall at this point, still not quite in Nathan territory, but not exactly uh, the great day to be great that we are used to seeing with Travis Kelsey there. Fellas, Drew Davenport, the auction god. I say it every single time we've done these episodes. Overall, Drew, thoughts on the tight end position, Dwayne?
1: <laughs> um. You know, well, I mean, you're not going to spend up like even for the very top guys, right? Because typically they just, you know, as much as you want to have the positional advantage, they're not going to score the raw fantasy points that you're going to see as far as upside goes with with the guys at running back, right? And at um, receiver, they're going to go for the really high prices. But having said that, like I'll be, I'm fine being in on the bidding. And it's like Nathan mentioned in the last, you know, pod about wide receivers, you've got some assigned values um, to those guys. And for the guys like Pitts, for the guys like Waller and Kittle, they're really the ones I'm trying to get. I'm usually trying to get one of those three. I'm usually not getting Andrews or Kelsey, you know, when you just look at where the auction prices are on, on the Titans this year. But sometimes that next year, um, you might get a deal on one of those three. And then if you don't, though, you're not going to panic. You know, at that point, like I'm going to pivot more to, you know, some a guy like a Goddard, you know, or come back with some guys that we'll talk about in a minute that are more like the, the sleepers based on some of the stuff we've seen this preseason. So you just, the main thing is don't get over carried away. So like, if you're thinking, Oh, I'm not going to spend over 20% on any player on this particular team, like, I'm going to cut that lower, right, for tight end. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be willing to spend the same amount that you would. Just like you wouldn't take a tight end number one overall. Again, like I talked about, even if you haven't done an auction, if you've been doing snake drafts, you kind of have an understanding of where the value of players should be. So really value them like in that similar kind of manner.
0: Every time you say don't panic, I just think of the Will Ferrell old school scene after he got freaking torched by (laughs) all the flames. Don't panic. Keep your composure like it. it, But it's actually true. As funny as that is, it's also good, sound, smart, fancy football uh, draft strategy advice. (laughs) Just because you don't get, you know, if you're like, man, I really want Waller or Kittle here in round five. You don't get them. Your next reaction shouldn't be. All right. Well, I need my tight end. Looks like Dalton Schultz. You're next man up. No bad. Stick to the value. Don't panic, as Dwayne and Wolf Arrow have told us over the years. Stick to your guns. Fellas, let's get into some of the nitty-gritty here. Nathan, who is the single cheapest tight end that you would feel comfortable starting in week one? Why is it Dawson Knox?
2: I feel like I have two ways that I wanted to answer this. One was Dallas Goddard, even though I have him at tight end six because I don't want to wait for anyone after that. I want to make sure I get one of those top six guys. And then if I don't get one of those top six, then I'm like, looking at some of the tight ends near the bottom of my rankings and there are guys where I'm like, okay, I know they're going to be starters. I know they're going to be on the field. They could score touchdowns. So like someone like Daniel Bellinger with the Giants, he's their clear tight end one. He's going to be on the field every play he was throughout the preseason and they don't have anyone else. So he's going to be on the field. He's going to play. And I don't know if he's going to be that much worse than some of these other tight ends who are rotating in and out.
0: It is absolute madness that, hey, we're talking about who's going to be next, Dawson Knox, and maybe it's the guy playing with Brian DeBolgan and all these wide receiver injuries and just Kenny Galladay, his route running. what what'd they say? He's a, like a mannequin out there in terms of how stiff he is. Like, my God, I don't think I've ever heard a more damning training camp observation. Oh, I love it. Just September 1st, that's the type of news that Kenny Galladay gets to wake up and uh, check out on the old Twitter sphere. Sure he loves that. But yeah, Daniel Bellinger, man, as much as Saquon barkley i think is the big answer to where the ball is going to go uh certainly wouldn't be completely shocking to see bellinger have the every down roll and actually come away you know with five or six week one targets Dwayne, is there a line that you're kind of drawing where you just really really want to have one of these tight ends uh just as your starter again if you don't get it you're not panicking but where do you kind of draw a line to hopefully get someone at value
1: Well, I love Nate's call on Dallas Goddard. Like, uh, and I've written about him multiple times. He's a he's a centerpiece in my tight end strategy article for the season. Um, I've written him up, like in my guys. I've written him up, you know, and like, hey, the just the main guys you're trying to target, right? In the first ten rounds of drafts, that can really, you know, kind of swing your season. Um, So I love him. Um, And the thing with Goddard, like a lot of people are down on him because they're looking at him and they're like. Okay, well, we're gonna have to deal with more target competition. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Like I, I get it. Uh the Eagles ran the ball a lot last year, but at the end of the day, like when you really look at Dallas Goddard, like look to pop a top, like on these elite, elite top end tight end seasons, it's not some guy that just falls into targets because they're available. <clears throat> Dalton Schultz. It is due to guys that are true, like just difference makers at the position. And Dallas Goddard, like If you're looking below the guys we named earlier, which we named Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle, the only name below all of those that actually profiles from a talent perspective the same way as those, he just hasn't had a season like them yet, it's Dallas Goddard. Like, he has an ability to man targets. 2.34 yards per out run last season was second most in the NFL behind only Dallas Goddard, 90, or sorry, behind um, George Kittle, 90.5 PFF receiving grade, third behind only Mark Andrews and George Kittle like this is a this is an elite tight end that can really do some special things and when you're talented you have outs all of a sudden the Eagles decide to throw the ball more you know he's going to outperform his ADP one of those receivers get hurt AJ Brown's on and off the field all the time as much as we may hate to say it like that's going to lead you know to more work for Dallas Goddard so he's he's really the one I want Ian if I miss him I am willing, I think like the last one where we, and we've talked about this before, and you're just kind of drawing the line, like it's Zach Ertz. Now we have some upside guys that we like below that. You know, we like Dawson Knox. We like, you know, we can talk about Njoku and some of these other guys in a minute, but it's really Goddard is the main one and his ADP makes it doable. You can get him in round eight of most drafts right now. You know, even if you want to reach a little bit, like at the end of round seven, to make sure you get him because you may have multiple guys like at another positional tier that you like, but you see Goddard's just the last one sticking out at tight end. I'm fine, you know, reaching, you know, six picks to get Goddard, you know, just to make sure that I have him um, to your point. If you miss, don't panic. And again, we can talk about some of these guys in a minute
0: fantasy pros consensus ADP Kelsey Andrews Pitts Kittle Waller the big five Dalton Schultz pick 55 Darren Waller's pick 54 Goddard's pick 70 so Schultz is literally priced closer to Darren Waller than he is to Dallas Goddard the Goddard again pick 70 Zach Ertz pick 87 and Dawson Knox pick 96 having those three guys available there has been a big reason why I've been more confident to take like five wide receivers in the first seven rounds of drafts because I know that one of those guys should be waiting there very similar sentiment to the Kareem Hunt, Cordero Patterson, Chase Edmonds kind of tier of running backs. I know Edmonds flying up there a little bit more these days, but when we have these rare upside starters at the position, you know, going in rounds seven through nine, I just think it gives you a lot more flexibility to get those high upside wide receivers like one of Monra St. Brown a little bit earlier in your drafts and not feel like you're leaving yourself completely hanging at these positions. Hey, Ian, can, we, can,
1: can we real hit? I know like this next question, I see what it is. And we're talking about the guys we don't want to draft, but like maybe just a quick hitter, like just the guys that are after the ones we just talked about that like are the primary targets like that. I would be tra- like, I'll name them real quick. And then Nathan, you can jump in with any. So and this is based on preseason. So Nathan, you'll probably have some good context too. D- uh, David and Joku has been in a route. 80% of the time with the starting quarterbacks for Cleveland, whether it was Deshaun Watson, whether it was, you know, Jacoby Brissett and those games he's played, he's traditionally been a guy they've rotated with Stefanski. The last time he saw near an 80% route participation, Participation he was the tight end nine that was in 2018. So I have David and Joku moved up to, to number 11 in my ranks, just behind Dawson Knox, moved him ahead of Irv Smith. Um, another guy similar. Now this one's a little shakier because um, Pharaoh Brown has been out for the Texans. Um, you know, he strained a hamstring, I believe is in week one. And so he hasn't been out there for the other two weeks, but Brevin Jordan also over 80% route participation. Historically, if you're over this 80%, it's a huge indicator for tight ends being on the field. Doesn't mean they're going to be smash plays, but they're gonna have a real good chance to be a low end tight end one. So Brevin Jordan, you know, is another one. Um, you know, uh, Nathan already named Daniel Ballinger. That was one I have on my list. And then there's another one, Mo Cox, because we had, um, I forgot the name of the other tight end that got hurt, but they've basically Ogletree, gone. I think. Yeah, Ogletree, yeah. So he got hurt, and so now we're not seeing as much of a rotation. Again, with the starters, with Matt Ryan in the game, Mo Cox, 75% route participation. Like, if you told me to project that three weeks ago, I would have said 60%. And so they did pay Mo Cox. Looks like he's going to be out there. He's going to be getting close, you know, to that 80% as well. So those are all guys that I like quite a bit. One last one is Evan Ingram. Actually a 78% route participation with Trevor Lawrence in the game. So even though we heard some early news out of camp that like this might be, you know, more of a split situation with Evan Ingram. um, And Dan Arnold, I believe, is the other guy that we would be dealing with there. It just really hasn't come to fruition, you know, with the starters out there. So those are three guys. Um, or four guys, Njoku, Evan Ingram, Brevin Jordan, Moelle Cox, add a fifth on with the Daniel Bellinger that Nathan named. I like all of those guys late. Um, and and But I'm prioritizing Njoku out of all of them because he did get paid, and we know that he's got that first-round capital, raw athletic score of a 9.3. It's like there's still this chance, right? He hasn't shown it yet, but Njoku still could pop.
0: You act like I did to have this on the show sheet. Do you know how many minutes I put into this, Dwayne? Like a good five or six. And
2: you just. Oh, I'm you know, sorry. Did I just game. skip over it? Oh, I straight title.
1: Oh, my bad. The notes that <laughs> you know, we'll just... say
2: general strategy tips in one quarterback redraft. <laughs>
0: all right Dwayne well thanks for you know getting the point seven before pick five but all good points hey how, how are you My gonna bad, list man. hold <laughs> on though how are you listing five late round tight ends and not your boy Alberto I thought we're back in Dolchich is on well, the I, was, eye, I or- was
1: actually saving that one because I thought I did read the show sheet and it's the last one <laughs> <laughs> so I somehow missed point seven and now I see that it has sub point a Dwayne decided to fuck this order so like I see the show sheet <laughs>
0: Awesome, awesome transitioning going on here. All right, guys. We're uh, professionals. Th-
1: don't try this at home.
0: Nathan, I guess uh, I guess yeah. we're talking late round tight ends now. What uh, targets basically outside of the top 10 picks do you think could be this year's Dawson Knox, Robert Tunyon, the cheaper tight end that we look up at the end of the year and go, oh, shit, we got a top eight player now.
2: Yeah, so I like all, all the guys that Dwayne talked about with how they were used. Um, when you mention guys like Dawson Knox, Robert Tunyon, I think of tight ends who aren't going to see a ton of targets, but have high chances of scoring touchdowns. And we saw a couple of those guys last year, Hunter Henry was another one, but this year guys that I feel like fit that profile, uh, Everett with the chargers and Hurst with the Bengals. Um, We didn't really see either of them in the preseason, just with those teams resting their starters, but um, they should be the top receiving tight ends with those teams should both be seeing a significant amount of playing time and playing with two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So I could see those guys not necessarily seeing a ton of targets, but seeing a decent chance of scoring a touchdown each week. So those are the guys I think are most
1: similar to Knox and Tanya. Uh, That's you have, you have be- them both with 17 touchdowns, Nate, a touchdown per <laughs> week. week. <huh? laughs> not quite a <laughs> but a chance of scoring a touchdown each week.
0: That's just a medium projection, Dwayne. You know, it, it, could, uh, it could always work out differently. Yeah. Uh, the Brandy four guys, guys I have looking it. at that, Again, a a fairly tight end that we at least think doesn't suck and a great offense with a fantastic quarterback or at least, you know, in Irv Smith's case, a good quarterback. And then just someone in an offense that we wouldn't be surprised if we look up at the end of the year. They only have 70, maybe 80 targets, but they find a way to get into the end zone 8 to 10 times. I do think Irv Smith, Hayden Hurst, Gerald Everett, and arguably Tyler Higby all fit that criteria. But as we've seen, man, Tyler Higby just breaking Dwayne's mind week after week last season, putting up the elite route rates and fair play to sean McVay, just literally putting tyler higby out there not even to run like wind sprints deep but just like hey stand out there and we're gonna get cooper cup matched up against a linebacker safety in the slot
1: tyler tyler higby gave a new definition to what we would call a joker role really is if you cover him jokes on you right? <laughs> you know, that, that's what the new Joker role is for, for McVay. Yeah, just just like totally like just putting him out there wide, making corn in the, in the teams and zone, and the cornerback stays with him, and then Cooper Cup gets a matchup against a linebacker. It's like, oh, my God.
0: I am going to go ahead and take Dwayne's previous point about David Njoku. That's going to be our sleeper of the day here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, in the past, we've seen the Browns running these, you know, three tight end just rotations. That's why Austin Hooper got that big deal. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to meet the high expectations in land that went along with that. But everything we've seen from Njoku in this preseason, getting the money, having the first team snap rates, and even going back to the one game last year where Austin Hooper missed it, 100% snap rate Harrison Bryant will still be out there and he's pretty good in his own right but I do think this is far more trending towards you know the Zacherts, Dallas Goddard situations in past years where okay maybe the second tight end is good but I don't think there's gonna be any debate about who the number one is in Cleveland his name is David Njoku Dwayne getting back to the, the schedule that I took time <laughs> to put together here who's the tight end outside the top five who you think can, realistically finish top three and then like kind of have that same sort of momentum going to next year. Like who could be, I I don't think Mark Andrews is going outside the top five last year, but like, who do you think could just be firmly in that conversation this time next year?
1: It's Dallas Goddard. It's easily Dallas Goddard. Like that, that's the profile like we're looking for.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Nathan talked about it yep. before that, that there was a right answer and it was Dallas Goddard. So good job by both of you. I think that's all we need to say there. It's why I'm fading Dalton Schultz. Like I, I can see the sentiment and I saw like Nathan, you said you have Goddard straight up ranked tight end six. Mm-hmm. Like I can see why someone would rank Dalton Schultz tight end six over Goddard. I can't see re- taking him around a round and a half, two rounds ahead of Dallas Goddard. That's where I draw the line. That's why I'm far more willing to get Goddard. And Hey, if you don't, you're not screwed. You still have guys like Erds, like Knox, and then some of the sleepers we mentioned to fall back on, as we've been saying. Don't panic. Whatever you do. Dwayne, who's a top 10 tight end? And maybe it's Dalton Schultz. So you just don't find yourself drafting. Are, are we? Yeah. <laughs> it's Dalton Schultz. Yeah.
1: It's Dalton Schultz, man. Uh, because, look, the talent profile is okay. It's not great. And and look, we we're projecting Dalton Schultz to have a few more targets than last year, but it's, it's just an ADP thing, right? He's going 30 spots in some cases ahead of Dallas. Goddard. Like I'm just not doing that. And where you're taking him, people are taking him around five or six. When you could take Kyler Murray, you could be taking Jalen hurts. Hell you could be taking Lamar Jackson. I'm much more likely for a onesie position, like a quarterback or tight end and round. If I'm going with either one of those two in round five or six, I'm going with the quarterbacks. Like Kyler Murray can win your league. Dalton Schultz is not going to win your league. Like I'm just going to say it right now. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to be a bad player, but you shouldn't draft him in round 5, right? It's all about it's like you say all the time, Ian, right? It's we hate the ADP, not the player. We, look, I'm a Cowboys fan. Like I like Dalton Schultz. Like I think he's fine. It's just his ADP is out of alignment. It's out of alignment. Whenever you look at the fact that Hawkinson's the same thing goes on, you know, like six to 12 picks later. And then Dallas Goddard really gives you much more upside and goes 20 to 30 picks later.
0: Dare I say the most mid tight end being a top 60 pick of the 21st century. Nathan, are you also out on Dallas? Not Dallas Goddard. Are you also out on Dalton Schultz at cost?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, definitely him, but also in general, like the tight ends that aren't in my top six and also ignoring Kelsey, which I have a tight end too, which I'm not getting where I have him ranked. So um, outside of best ball where I'm trying to get exposure to plenty of guys, if I don't get one of my top six ranked tight ends, I am perfectly happy waiting for Irv Smith to fall to me and David Njoku to fall to me and not worry about those other guys ranked seven to 10. So if I don't get my top six guys, I'm just fine waiting and not getting any of the other top of 10 players. It, it is funny. I always bark about not
0: having like a pure do not draft list, but you know, my solution is just to like insultingly like rank someone so low that, you know, you're not going to take them anyway. So I'm not so sure that's actually like nicer or better, but it's what we're doing. And uh, to Nate's point, yeah, Kelsey and our guy Dalton Schultz may be just a bit too high in the eye of the public final things guys i, I don't want a bull call here we've kind of had our sleepers and all that i just want a final stat line prediction for one alberto dwayne receptions yards touchdowns for alberto go and uh you know whoever's closest will either forget about it or we'll come up with something to do later
1: <laughs> oh man um 45 receptions
0: oh come on pick a stand
1: I can't like how do i like I'm, I'm trying to so look fine we'll give him more than 10 yards per catch like which most tight ends get like let's give him 12 in i'll let you do the math on the fly on that oh. and let's give him six touchdowns <laughs> that's
0: 540 so look,
1: yeah there you go so all you gotta do is do the the 450 plus two times the 45 that's another 90 you got it
0: dude i i had this five i Finance degree and shit in college, and I was applying to all these different jobs. And like, I, w- I went for like one trader job, and I was just so spooked. And they were like, they gave me just some like layup multiplication question, and I just like blanked. And it was so, <laughs> it was so bad that I didn't even get like a call back. I didn't even get like an email or a call back telling me like I didn't get it. It was just so understood by the time we were done with that interview. uh That was just that was an L I took that a uh, 20 year old Ian took back in the day. uh Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that now I trade a uh, fantasy football players, not a not actual financial things. Anyway, Nate, what's your final stat line prediction for Albert L.?
2: I think I'll just make it really easy for you. 33 catches, 333 yards, <laughs> and three touchdowns.
0: Now that's an insult. That's what I was looking for. I'm going to be the optimist here. I'm going to go 60 catches, 750 yards, two touchdowns. That's how it's not going to work out. <laughs> it was really good. And then and two touchdowns. Eric Tomlinson, just going to be getting all the uh, goal line shit there. We'll see what happens. Albert O, one of the most talked about guys of the off season. I think if you just looked, I, I would love to see, you know, just uh, kind of a map of his ADP from freaking like February to now, because truly has been all over the place. The Gabriel Davis, if you will, of the tight end position. Uh, if I don't mind saying myself, good stuff, guys knocked out another one of these in under 30 minutes the Critics said it couldn't be done. This is gonna be our last podcast until we get into week one. We're gonna be back next next Wednesday, actually. Dwayne and myself going through each and every game ahead of week one action. So our normal in-season schedule Sunday night, we are going to be reviewing every game that happened. No podcast on Monday because you know we just freaking talk for two, three hours sometimes on Sunday night. Get that in, enjoy Monday night football. We'll be back early Tuesday going over all things waivers. Uh, Nathan's going to be on that podcast a lot. I haven't told him that yet, but that's just the way it's going to be. He's always coming out with this great waiver wire content early on in the week. want to take advantage of that. Dwayne and myself going to be previewing every game on Wednesday, as we usually do. Really excited about our Thursday show. Still figuring out the exact people who are going to be on there. But in the past, that was more of a DFS episode. and I don't want to ignore DFS, but we're going to make it more of a matchup betting props with a little bit of DFS stuff thrown in there, trying to make it more applicable. To the general football fan out there, Friday injuries, and we'll try and mix in some start sit streams throughout, particularly on Sunday morning. We're going to have a start sit hour, just basically trying to teach you guys how to fish all throughout the week. But once it's Sunday morning at 11 a.m., you know, we'll just give you the damn fish at that point and give our opinions on who you should actually be starting and sitting. So thank you guys, you know, for listening to us throughout the entire offseason. My goodness, we've been through a lot since February. Week one is finally on the way. Dwayne, you hyped? I'm
1: hyped, man of course I'm hyped. Like everything we've done finally going to pay off. Uh, well, we hope it's going to pay off or, or it's like, you know, the, 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 uh, tweet that you put out the other day you know the picture of what you think about your fantasy team after the draft and then after week one you know you're just heavily boozing and you look like you've aged 20 like you've been a president yeah right, so I, we'll see what happens i finished this
0: espn draft and i looked at my team and i was like oh this is looking good and i decided to look at the other teams in the league and i was like you know what all these teams look pretty good i'm not gonna lie here uh, could have been uh obviously that's this was a 10 10 team league and the team leagues my goodness like yeah you just have one stack juggernaut after another there. Nathan, any final words of wisdom for someone out there doing their fantasy draft this Sunday? If you want to give like your best Troy speech or pump up thing, you know, the floor is yours.
2: No, the best thing you can do is go to PFF and go to our analysis. We have all of our rankings. I've been updating them daily with all the random Marlon Mack gets cut from the team. Okay, now he's on the practice squad. All these movements of guys in... The 200 to 400 range. So even if you're in a deeper league and drafting all these guys late, we have you covered there. So that's the best thing you can do is make sure you have time to prepare for your draft before you actually draft. Go to PFF. We've got you covered, and then you will dominate and be happy at the end of it.
0: PFF.com or the new PFF app. You can get it with iPhones, Apple. I hear you Canadians. You guys were yelling at me that we don't apparently have it available there. I have brought the issue up to the overlords at PFF and actually confident that it's a fairly easy fix to make that available. So keep that out. I know we have some Brazilians, some Aussies that maybe listen to this as well. Let me know and we will try to make that happen for all you guys. Always appreciate the international crowd. Mike, the fact that you know they just are waking up at these weird-ass times, uh, especially in the Aussie these case to watch these games like those are the true grinders uh, amongst us in this community so pff app get all of our updated rankings and so much more talked about the quad force already but yeah that's how when we get when we get a start sit question guys and i i get it it's it's cool for us to you know actually and i, I like interacting with people and everything but if we can't get to your question we have rankings for these exact exact sort of situations you can go view those on pff.com or with the pff app so sincerely good luck to all of you in your jazz this weekend Take no prisoners. Don't be afraid to, you know, ruin friendships just to get that fantasy championship. That's what we're here for. We want to win. Anyone that's in your way, shove them aside and go draft Amon Ross, St. Brown. So for Dwayne, for Nathan, I'm Ian. Thanks to those for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care,
2: everybody.